I'm so glad we have them in our toolbox. Thank you. Gretchen Peters will be coming to play at Coffeehouse Live, I think in September. And uh, I first heard her play on the radio. She had a song that said, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I'm so glad we have more than a hammer in our toolbox. Last Saturday, we got the news from my wife's sister that Anne's father's 15th grandmother was Anne Pockenham, who was the daughter of King Henry III. So yesterday, Anne's cousin was crowned on his throne as King Charles III. Fifteenth. Anyway, not all of us are related to royalty. Or are we? Because of Jesus, we have all been adopted into the family of the King of Kings. We're one family with many members, grafted into one family tree, one spirit, many gifts. The human family is wonderfully diverse. Firstborn, lastborn, only child, short people, tall people, skinny people, larger people, At Faith Presbyterian Baytown, one of our choir members wrote an additional verse to Jesus Loves the Little Children that wasn't based on pigmentation. She said, young and older, big and small, Jesus loves us one and all. Jesus loves the little children of the world. We are a people who take pride in a particular part of the country, uh, New York, L.A., Boston, San Francisco, Dallas, Houston, West University, Westbury, we are all people who take pride in their descent of a particular ethnic group like uh, St. Patrick people and Cinco de Mayo people. Houston is one of the most diverse cities in the United States, but not only are we diverse in our community, we're diverse in our church. When it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, No one person has all the gifts, but everyone has at least one. To one, Paul says, to one is given the utterance of wisdom. To another one is given the the knowledge. And these two are very different, but both necessary to build the kingdom. We need a certain amount of knowledge, facts, and information, but we definitely need people with wisdom who know how to apply knowledge and information. And then he continues with the rest of the gifts. Each is given by one spirit, each different and unique, whether it's faith or healing, being a worker of miracles, prophesying, the gift of language, the gift of one who interprets language. After last Sunday's presentation on the Children's Place expansion, I am so grateful for the diversity of gifts in this church especially those who are able to interpret the language of banking. (laughs) I saw all those numbers and I said, okay. And it was a unanimous decision. That was just phenomenal. Scientists tell us 
that we may think, the way we may think this, determined by which side of our brain is dominant. I can still hear Pat Clark say, take the pencil in your non-dominant hand. Left brain people are more literal, more fact-oriented, more opinionated, more verbal. Whereas right brain people are more creative, more emotional, more visual. Left brain persons want the sermon to be doctrinally sound. And right brain persons want to hear a good story. We come from a wide variety of backgrounds, and that affects our relationship in the church. We have a diversity in what we prefer. I remember when we had red carpet. That was a big decision to go blue. Okay, we did right. (laughs) We have a diversity in what we prefer. Some are comforted by the old hymns. That was an old hymn, but I didn't recognize the tune. Yeah, that was beautiful for the beauty of the earth. Some groan inwardly when we ask them to learn something new, like when James taught us a hymn last Sunday, which we'll close today's service with. Some are tired of the old hymns. They want to learn something new or newer. But I personally appreciate the variety of musical styles we have at St. Andrews. I love that we've had the choir for two Sundays in a row. And especially, especially, and to have the strings. But I also like the band a couple of weeks ago. And next Sunday, we'll have the youth band. One spirit, many gifts. In Paul's letter, we read, he addresses the issue of diversity by describing the various gifts we've received, but all have one common source, one spirit, the Holy Spirit, but many gifts. Paul speaks of the necessity of the spirit in our lives. He writes that we can only address Jesus as Lord by the inspiration of the spirit. He also says, if we have the Spirit, we cannot speak ill of God. And then he lists the gifts of the Spirit. Each is unique and special. Each is given as the Spirit chooses. Each gift is different and must be used in a collective sense with others in building the kingdom of God. It's through this diversity of gifts that we find our source of sustenance. We need to appreciate the diversity, the differences, and the strength that we gain through working with one another. As Paul says, the manifestations of the Spirit's gifts are given for the common good. And that's what I love about our one campus, one ministry. Uh, All four ministries, the church, children's place, building blocks, and the School of Fine Arts are working together for the common good, one campus, one ministry. Everyone makes choices, and the variety of gifts show the diversity of our talents. All are important. All are necessary. While we might live without one of the gifts in our personal lives, our world would be so much less without any of them. Everyone has something to contribute. Everyone has value and is deserving of respect. Once on a British Airways flight from Johannesburg, South Africa, a middle-aged 
an apparently quite wealthy woman found herself sitting next to a black man. And as the passengers were filing in, taking their seats, she called the member of the cabin crew to come forward to ask about her seating. What seems to be the matter, madam? Asked the attendant. Can't you see, the woman responded. You've assigned me a seat next to a kaffir, a pejorative term for black Africans. I cannot possibly sit next to this disgusting human being. Please find me another suit as soon as possible, another seat. The cabin attendant, hearing the words and observing the commotion that was stirring among the passengers, said, well, calm down, madam. Uh, This flight's very full today. I'll do what I can. I'll go check on availability of seats in the business and first class. Meanwhile, the woman with a scowl on her face looked at the black man beside her who was outraged, not to mention many of the surrounding passengers. A few minutes later, the attendant returned and told the woman, Madam, unfortunately, as I suspected, economy is full. I've spoken to the cabin services director and business class is also full. However, we do have one seat in first class. And it's most extraordinary to make this kind of upgrade, but I need to get special permission from the captain. But given the circumstances, the captain felt that it was outrageous that someone would be forced to sit next to such an obnoxious person. So then she turned to the man sitting next to him and said, If you gather your things, sir, I have a place for you in first class. <laughs> Tragically, too often, society and individuals openly direct, uh, reject diversity. That was the case with the woman on the plane. And it illustrates the reality of prejudice and intolerance in our world. The destructive force of a world without diversity has been repeated too often in history, as evidenced by the treatment of the native peoples when we colonized North America. The perceived need to have one and only one culture deprived the world of significant civilizations such as the Aztec and the Mayan and the Inca native people in Mexico and South America. The long history of slavery, religious wars in Europe, the infamous crusades of medieval times, and the many wars between rival Christian fractions were overt denials of Jesus' message of inclusivity. Rejection of the Jews as a race, culture, and religion led to the Holocaust. Intolerance in ways of thinking politically and socially generated the Soviet state control of the Iron Curtain after World War II. Last night's mass shooting in Allen, Texas made the 191st mass shooting in the first 126 days of this year. Sometimes our rejection of diversity is far more subtle. We choose not to associate with certain people either individuals or collective groups, where there are times when we don't even consider another person's ideas or ways of doing things or, or a- attitudes if it differs from the one that we hold. We isolate ourselves from what we do not like or simply with which we do not wish to deal when we, are re- when we do that, we're rejecting the gifts that others have to offer. We may not agree on the way of doing things, but we cannot dismiss them out of hand. Such behavior contradicts the message of Paul and his enumeration 
of the diversity of spiritual gifts for the common good. But it also betrays the whole life of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. There's a great value in embracing diversity. Although our methods may be different, we can use the gifts we possess in our varied cultures and racial ethnicities to assist others towards the common goal of an abundant life now and life eternal. Openness to what is new and different is a key to appreciating the power, the goodness, and the strength that can come from diversity and trusting in one spirit many gifts. Let me close by telling you about George. George was a peacemaker with a big heart and a wonderful sense of humor. He claimed he was so tender-hearted that he cried at supermarket openings. <laughs> Everyone loved George at church. He was respected at the hospital where he worked. And the reason why so many people loved George was because he was always kind and respectful to everyone he met. His children vividly remembered the days George spent in the hospital before his death. <coughs> the president of the hospital paid him a visit. And they spoke as though they were old friends. A few minutes later, one of the janitors came to visit George. They had a nice visit. And when the janitor left, George's son said, Dad, do you realize that you treated the president of the hospital and the janitor alike? George smiled and said, well, let me ask you something. If the president left for two weeks and the janitor left for two weeks, who would you miss the most? <laughs> then George called his children to his bed and he said, let me show you something. I carry my pocket all the time, even when I mow the yard. And he pulled out a pocket-sized cross with a marble, and a marble with a golden rule on it. On the cross were written these words, God loves you. And on the marble are these words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The cross reminds me of how deeply God loves me. And the marble reminds me of how deeply I am called to love others. That is what God wants from each of us, to love God as God loves us and to love one another. Or as our vision statement says, learning to be loved by Jesus so we can love like Jesus. We are a diverse people. So let us celebrate our diversity. Let us pledge to respect one another as members of the family of God. In Christ, we are all related to royalty. And there will come a day when we, the trophies of this life we lay down and exchange them for a crown. In Christ, we celebrate the strength that comes from diversity. And in Christ, we continue to walk as one people. Rejoicing in our different talents and gifts and ideas. In Christ, we are one campus, one ministry, led by one spirit, using our many gifts. Let us pray. Thank you for our toolbox and all the special 
tools you have given us to carry your name into the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.